Dr. Papu Venugopal Rao is a well-known scholar, poet, musicologist, Sanskritist, dance theoretician, writer, orator, and an Ashtavadhani, and has more than 22 books on various subjects to his credit. He has master's degrees in English, Sanskrit, and Telugu, PhDs in Sanskrit and Telugu, and a doctor of letters in Indology, and an All India Gold Medal in Business Management. Uh, his most recent books have received uh, acclaim, um, such as uh, Flowers at His Feet, uh, Science of Shri Chakra, Rasa Manjari, um, Nritta Ratnavali, and uh, the latest, Fragrance of Padams. He has presented and published over a hundred research papers. He has many awards to his credit, amongst them the Honorable D. Lit Vachaspati uh, by Rashtriya Sanskrita Vidya Peetha in Tirupati, and Sangeet Samrat from Bharatiya Vidya Bhavan, Coimbatore, and uh, Nritya Kala Sagara from Cleveland, Tyagraja Aradhana. Dr. Papu Venugopal Rao. Sadashiva Samarambham Shankaracharya Madhyamam Asmadacharya Priyantam Vande Guru Paramparam. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great pleasure talking to you this morning. I basically consider today's uh, scholarship as kind of a, I find three different kinds of scholars nowadays. Those, uh, we are in the age where uh, scholars who quote text out of context, this is one variety of scholars. And there are scholars who learn from our traditional scholars here and translate that into English and invade the same gurus who taught them. And there is a third variety of scholars who read, never read original texts, read some second-hand, third-hand translations, and come back from the Western point of view. These are Indian scholars who read translations by, you know, Pollock or somebody, and then come and uh, invade us, uh, criticize us, without ever reading or even seeing the original text. This is the background of today's scholars. There are many other kinds of scholars. But what I feel uh, very bad is, the very first mischief that the Westerners have done with our tradition is, calling our books as mythology. What is this word? Myth comes, myth is mythology. Myth also comes from the Sanskrit root mithya. So our texts are all mythology, means these are never happened, they never happened. These are all concocted stories. So that is called mythology. So from that point, you know, we, we without understanding this word mythology and its etymology, go on using this word. Very, you know, very piously, thinking that say, mythology is a very wonderful word. And on that background, when we look at uh, Sheldon's Pollock, uh, or any other person for that matter, because I have been working with the American Institute of Asian Studies, unfortunately, we have funded most of these scholars. Whether it is Nicholas Darks or, you know, a lot of other people. And there are some good works, undoubtedly. I am not blaming all the scholarly community on that name. But there are some scholars with a myopic view, 
and with a different colored vision. So, Yadrushi Bhavanayasya Siddhir Bhavati Tadrushi. Now, I come to understand, you know, if we talk about rasa, you cannot uh, talk about rasa from, you know, it, it should be understood from various concepts. It should not be misinterpreted and misunderstood just by, as I said earlier, taking some text out of context and trying to expand on that. And all your book is surrounding, you know, surround, you know, it is, it, it is surrounding only on that particular presumption, a prejudiced presumption. Now look at the, uh, you know, our own theoreticians, treatises, Lakshanagrandas, they themselves have a systematic evolution. If you look at the Rasa period, the Rupaka Rasa period is the first period where we can find Bharata's Natishastra. Then Rasa is talked about only with reference to Natya, which is Nataka. Then we have the Kavya Rasa period where the focus is only on Kavya. Immediately after that, Bharata's Natishastra period, we have Bhamaha, Kavya Lankara, Dandi, Kavya Darsha, Vamana, Kavya Lankara, Sutra Vrti, Udbhata, Kavya Lankara, Sara Sangraha. This was also a period where the number of Alankaras grew in number. So that is the second, second phase. And then the third phase is Rasa and Kavya period where the importance of Rasa for Kavya has been highlighted. The first phase is Natya and Rasa. The second phase is Alankara and Kavya. The third phase is Rasa and Kavya, where you find uh, Rasa for Kavya has been emphasized. The most important personalities under this are these two wonderful personalities from Kashmir, Anandavardhana and Abhinogup. Very monumental work. If you look at Dhanyaloka, if you even talk about Dhanyaloka, if you even touch the book of Dhanyaloka, you will feel proud that you are born in this country. That kind of work, misinterpreted by Western scholars. And then this is the period also where, you know, whereas Bharata says in Natyashastra, Itivrittam is the body, Itivrittam is the body of a Kavya. We, here we come with Vamana who says, Riti Ratma Kavyasya. He talks about Atma of the Kavya. That is the beginning of a wonderful series of uh, scholars who try to say Riti Ratma, Dhani Ratma, Kavyasya, Ratma, you know, Rasa, Atma is Kavyasya. The different people have taken different perceptions and wanted to explain to us which is the soul of poetry. And then we come across uh, the fourth period where drama once again came up with the Dasharupaka of Dhananjaya. Sagaranandi's Nataka Lakshana, Ratnakosha, Ramachandra, Gunachandra's Natya Darpana, Simhabhupala's Rasarnava Sudhakara, and most important of all the books of that particular period is Charada Tanaya's Bhava Prakashana, a magnum opus, a wonderful book. If you want to take two books on Rasa very particularly, or three books, you come across Natya Shastra first, then you get into uh, Anandavardhana's Dhanyaloka, of course, there is a wonderful scholar in between. After that is uh, uh, Rasagangadhar of uh, Pandita Jagannathraya. And you get uh, this beautiful book, Bhava Prakashan of Charadataniya, an extraordinary book. It's a milestone in the, in the treatises that we have, which talk about Rasa. And then you come across the last period, 
where kavya and nataka both are dealt with with equal emphasis and you find uh, prataparudrima vidyanatha arsakya darpana vishwanatha shrungara prakasha bhoja etc talk about both and it has been a very wonderful tradition in our country that if uh, bharata wrote uh, natashastra out of the 36 chapter 6000 verses you find six chapters exclusively for music music and dance have never been separated and bharata mind you he says natat shastram natat chilpam nasa vidya nasa kala nasa yoga natat karma natyasmanya nadrushyate and the most wonderful sentence that he talks about is nahi rasadrute kachid artha pravartate what a beautiful sentence he says there is nothing which is not not covered by us if you talk to anybody your wife your your father your child there is rasa in what you do what you speak everything need not go through the process of vibhava anubhava evichari sanyoga rasana so you don't need to analyze but understand the emphasis of rasa in every aspect of our life and that is why these people don't understand see one one shloka if polak understood his perception of rasa would have been different and that shloka is jagraha pathyam rugvedat samabhyo gitam evacha yajurvedat abhinayan rasan adharvanadapi he took pathyam when you know indra and other gods went to brahma and asked him kridaniyakam ichchamo drushyam shravyancha yad bhavet we want something for our entertainment which is drushyam and shravya they have asked you know if you if polak has to translate that i am sure he will translate audio visual drushyam shravyam chayad bhavet and you know very very basic words like kala are so deflected deviated diluted digressed and destroyed by these scholars kala he translates as craft what is craft and what is kala and you know charada was telling yesterday can you by the standard ask michelangelo is a craftsman what is this what is this kind of deflection and deviation in translation then you come across uh, among the treatises that we have available today bharatas natyashastra is the first available grantha which talks about rasa but panini says in astadhyayi he talks about two natasutras earlier to bharata and their names are given as krishashva and shilalin and bharata also talks about in the chapter 6 the anuvamshya shlokas the shlokas that he has inherited the purvacharya shlokas so rasa is there from the day man is born on this earth it has only to be you know music and dance actually dance is the first language of human beings what is this come and sit here that is what dance and what do we do now what we do, what do we do now we know the language of the other person ajaiye baithiye ajaiye baithiye why are you doing this also you can say ajaiye baithiye like this now you say ajaiye baithiye isliye ki hum emphasis karna chahte hain so for emphasis also dance and rasa and music are important the first you know the the uh, our ancestors when uh, bharata says natya rasah smritah 
అభినవ్ గుప్తా గివ్స్ అ వండర్ఫుల్ కామెంట్రీ అన్న ఈ శేష్ నాట్యాత్ సముదాయ రూపాత్ రసాహ యదివా నాట్యమేవ రసాహ రస సముదాయే హి నాట్యం నా నాట్యేవ చ రసాహ కావ్యేపి నాట్యాయమానయవ రసహ సి వాట్ ఎ బ్యూటిఫుల్ ఎక్స్ప్లెనేషన్ హీ గివ్స్ అండ్ దెర్ ఆర్ సో మెనీ అదర్ థింగ్స్ అండ్ ఇన్ కావ్య ప్రకాశ మమట శేష్ హలాదైకమై you know there is a small difference between santosh and anand that that jagannath panditraya very subtly explains putraste jataha danante dashyami is not is santosham and when you see something and experience that bliss that is anand like like the shloka and mantra you know there is a lot of differences between shloka and mantra what you say suklam bradaram vishnu shloka mananath trayate iti mantra like a, like a difference between a guru and acharya everybody can be a guru people who follow what they say as acharya acharati so there are there are some concepts like this yoyam swabhavo lokasya sukha dukha samanvitah so angadya bhinayo peto natyamitya bhidiyate says and if you understand why bharata has taken this kind of translations this kind of shlokas it it is only to see that there is a reflection of what is happening in the society some some critics you know modern critics talk about bharata never had social awareness what is this social awareness she is lokartanam shamartanam shokartanam he says for those people who are tired who are laborers who have worked through the day what gives anandam is natyam he says is it no is, is there no social awareness in this so these are pervertive kind of uh, ignorant sometimes bordering into arrogance and many times closer to the audacity that people use this kind of uh, translations now in uh, there is one macdowell who in 1932 chapter 7 in the book called the energies of men how primitive is their attitude towards rasa how analytical and scientific is the attitude of our scholars our ancestors about rasa i am not saying this because i belong to this country and bharata bharata muni nobody talks about bharata as bharata also if you look at the latter treatises everybody does not they don't uh, uh, say the name of bharata as just bharata either they say bharata muni or they just say muni that is the respect with which bharata bharata is an encyclopedia mind you this 6000 shlokas of 36 chapters each chapter has become a given rise to about 500 books in each chapter rasa you take 252 books more than 250 books are there dealing with rasa in sanskrit and take the dasharupaka it has become a book called dasharupaka by dananjaya and vachika abhinaya and the 14 to 20th chapter it talks about vachika abhinaya and the six chapters of uh, sangeeta each one of them have become different independent books later on bharata is an encyclopedia so this macdowell says he gives a list of 18 columns column 1 column 2 i am not using powerpoint because i wanted to see that there is a point and power in what i say <laughs> not that the others who are using powerpoint do not have it i am not saying that now this macdowell says he gives two columns he says instinct attendant emotion this side is instinct that side is attendant emotion let me read out of the 18 another macdowell came later on 
who in his book uh, sane psychology sane psychology uh, he introduces the 18 into 4 these are sometimes you know these are closer to what we call rushes he says escape from danger is the instinct and the attendant emotion is fear combat anger repugnance disgust parental protection for the young parental feeling curiosity adventure self assertion superiority self abasement subjection what a ridiculous colonization how primitive this is and how beautifully even in bc you know this is this is what is called shabdaadambaram in sanskrit there is a book called you know rivals by another polak i think sheridan sheridan and in that he says there is a character called malaprop mrs malaprop she uses words unnecessary words at, at necessary situations <laughs> and the word that they have, that she uses is called malapropism this is kind of a, this is what is called you know shabdaadambara means this and then you come across uh, um, the sthayi bhava the kind of definition they have given to sthayi bhava vibhava and classification of vibhava into subdivisions like alambana vibhava uddeepana vibhava and the anubhava the vibhichari bhavas the sattvika bhavas and this kind of systematic analysis and and the kind of combination of uh, you know yesterday i was presiding over six of the papers and uh, somebody asked in the audience what is the definition of rasa and what is the translation of that definition work parvalla there is no problem until definition definition is vibhava anubhava vebhichari sayoga trasanishpatti how do you translate it vibhava plus anubhava plus vebhichari bhava is equal to rasanishpatti when it comes to the stage i am scared of only one thing your time is up something like that thank you very much for not saying that i still know that i am within the time now this vibhava anubhava vebhichari sayoga trasanishpatti has been a very excellent definition that even the people you know there are people who translated who followed bharatas natyashastra and tried to write their own treatises later in the periods from bharata to the book that i have translated recently which is being published by the agnca dr ratnavali 13th century book you find everybody followed bharata everybody invariably and none of them tried to even attempt to change the definition of prasa the reason is that much is the strength in the definition a plus b plus c is equal to d a is vibhava b is anubhava c is vibhichari bhava d is rasa so that is how you find and also when bharata says um sthayi bhavas and in natyashastra very effectively talks about sthayi bhava and the importance of sthayi bhava among the bhavas sthayi bhava is called sthayi bhava there are a lot of people who ask this question what is the difference between sthayi bhava and rasa i give them lot of other examples sthayi is something that is within you and the minute you see something happening there this particular bhava comes out and this is there throughout from the beginning till the end suppose you see dushyant and shakuntala on the stage and the minute you see them the rati sthayi bhava comes up and the entire story goes through that the promises that he make and the 
number of years passes by and this Shakuntala is going through different kinds of Sanchari Bhavas, most temporary emotions, this Thai Bhava continues to stay there. So, Bharata says, Yadha Naran Rupatihi, Shishyanam Yadha Guruhu, Yavamhi Sarvabhutanam Bhavas Thai Mahaniva. He says, the greatest Mahaniva, one of the greatest feelings that you have, you know, that is why Rasa, these people who are talking about Rasa, can they give one word translation of Rasa? No. Rasa cannot be translated. And that's why when I talk about Natyashastra workshop, I say Rasa means Rasa. Why do you need to translate some words? So that is how you find Yavat Rasattam Yasham Madhuradainamiva Madhuradainamiva Uktam Acharyaihe Rasanat You see, what he says is um, some people say, why Bharata said eight rasas, why not ninth rasa? And there are protagonists of Shanta rasa who say, no, 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 Bharata said ninth rasa. See, our scholars are also very, sometimes more intelligent than necessary. You know, the research, when research comes, research has different kinds of incarnation. If we want to say something very opposite to what the author says, is a kind of a research. And there are people who are supporting that. So, what they say is, you know, for example, in Nati Shastra, he says, Kvachit Dharmaha, Kvachit Krida, Kvachit Arthaha, Kvachit Shamaha. He says in Nati Shastra, Natya is available to those people who, who, who teaches them. For those who want Dharma, there is Dharma. For those who want Krida, there is Krida. For those who want Artha, there is Artha. For, who, for those who want Shama, there is Shama. So because Shama is, uh, you know, Thai Bhava for Shanta, people try to say, Bharata talked about Shanta here. Or they go to chapter 27 where he talks about Tushyanti Mokshepya Atha Viraginaha. So like this, you have a lot of uh, things. And the most uh, close that people in the West want to try to bring closer to Bharata is Aristotle's catharsis. What is catharsis? Do you know the meaning? Catharsis is purgation. When your stomach is upset, that is the actual meaning. That means what he wants to tell you is that shuts you of all other things and keeps you focused on something. So this is these are the kind of things that we have. Rasa Siddhanta. I don't want to take more time here. I will stick to my time. I always. Uh, feel good to talk about in t uh, you know when I when I conduct sessions in music academy I say if there is somebody who needs to talk about 45 minutes I say 44 minutes 59 seconds so we need to follow that Rasa Siddhanta is a Srotaswini it is an ever flowing stream it has been there for centuries even before Bharata and from the time of Yaskas Nirutta you find it Yaska and in the Taittiriya Upanishad you find it we find it in many other texts. And that is why those who take dip in any river, like, you know, you get what you deserve. And Rasa Siddhanta is a Srotaswini, you get what you deserve there. Thank you very much. Thank you for a wonderful talk. Um, one of the 
most uh, striking uh, premises and theories of Pollock on Rasa is he wants to, sometimes he, his real mission and his real agenda is explicit, but sometimes it is disguised. And you have to connect it after looking at all his works. And one of the deepest agendas is to remove the sacred. So in Rasa also he argues that uh, uh, there was no, Rasa, uh, there was no uh, you know, uh, this uh, Nat Shastra uh, early on. Uh, it had nothing to do with the uh, Vedas. It was separate, you know, because it's uh, separate, uh, distinct. And then it, uh, the real theory develops only in recent centuries. So the early links with the Vedas, which are very explicit actually in the text, he doesn't want to talk about those. Because uh, separating the sacred allows him to get a secular space for rasa. Where, and, uh, so the secularization of rasa, the secularization of kavya uh, is an important uh, sort of underlying thesis of his. Because then you can put it under social sciences uh, rather than treating it as something spiritual. This is a very deep uh, mission that he has. And this is why he also keeps doctoring up the chronology to put Buddhists as the ones who uh, force uh, innovation and change because he likes to uh, support those guys. So he likes to support the Buddhists where he puts them in uh, an antagonism against uh, Vedic culture. He puts that. So one stream is Vedic and it's uh, oral and it's very abusive and the other stream is uh, uh, Vivarik and Buddhist, and uh, that is where Kavya belongs and the secular stuff belongs. So in that bifurcation, he put want to uh, uh, he wants to take over Rasa, but in a very different way. So uh, you know, separate from the sacred. So would you like to comment on that? Because I think uh, you could shed some perspective, good light on that. Yeah, Rajivji, I said when I said the social awareness, that is what I meant, and you know. Uh, none of our uh, treatises, Lakshana Grandas, are only, you know, they, they may talk about religion and I don't think talking about religion is a mistake or a sin. Not talking about them may be a sin. And when I see, you know, Kavya Prakasha of Mamata, the very definition that he talks about, Kavyam Yashase Ardhakurte Shiveta Rakshateye Sadhya Paranivurtaye Kanta Samhita Deshe Yopayeche. Yeah, ah, and he says, and this this is deflected by by Sheldon Pollock in the very first definition itself. The the reason is that our concept, the traditional concept of all the Lakshana Grandas and the scholars who have written the texts, are to cater to the common man as well as to the elite masses and classes. They never distinguished between them. They never tried to discriminate between them. They wanted to give it to everybody in life. And Bharata, at the end of all this, he says, you know, look at this. See, today, I was talking yesterday about uh, Anamacharya to somebody. Anamacharya wrote 32,000 songs. And in not one song, he mentions his name. Now we have scholars who write half a page and want their name. So this concept of, uh, you know, uh, secularism. Secularism basically means, as uh, you know, somebody was telling me yesterday, tolerance and acceptance. Acceptance is our term, tolerance is their term. I think Ravi Shankar Prasad said it or somebody said it. What they, what they did was a comprehensive study. 
and they did not leave anybody in their study and there is no reason why a book can be pious you know if uh, if you can piousness is a mistake is a sin being sacred is something wrong being secular is the only secular what is secular actually you are, you are not trying to talk about the, you know when we talk about jagraha patyam rugveda samabhya gitam evacha it is not going to be on the basis of what it is the rigveda is said so because the textual construction in the rigveda is wonderful that's why he says patyam rigveda and the music is there in samaveda so is samabhyo gitam evacha and in the way, you know when you when you have to teach something to somebody you have to teach something from the known to the unknown and you are talking about the definition of rasa he talks about how you know there are techniques in yajurveda which will talk about movement of hands and you know mudras and other things that is why yajurveda abhinayan rasanatharvanadati because in the laukika you know vedas are particularly mentioned put together as three though they are four and the atharva veda talks more about the materialistic life and the human relationship that's where rasa comes there so this is why i said if if only he he understand this shloka why this shloka is said this shloka is not said because it is to be religious or sacred or anything it is said because from a known to unknown you are taking somebody to define something and these these particular vedas have these components these components are embedded in an atya because of these particular four components that is how all the texts whether it is you know putraste jata dhanante dasyami is a quotation from pandita panditraj jagannatha and so the the concept is that they have no division there is no line from our point of view today our modern point of view today is secular pious sacred and all the things they have only one particular thing that is sarve jana sukhino bhavantu in everything that they did that is only this they did not say only hindu should be sukhino bhavantu sarve jana sukhino bhavantu sarve santu niramaya sarve badhrani pashyantu where is any religion here so for those who want to look at it from a perspective of a perverted perspective they will only find that that's why i said rasasiddhanta gives you if you take a dip in it you get what you deserve do, do you think that the absence of sacredness true sacredness like in the western civilization for like thousands of years has been the cause of the wiping out of half of humanity in the entire america for us there are there are no thing no two things in our tradition there is no civilization separated from culture talking about uh, sacredness and so i w- i'm just for they, know, for them they have civilization the cause, yes is that the cause you think and same the communist state they genocided their own people so do you think that is probably the probably cause probably yes oh thank you there is one more there the last question for a lay person because uh, sheldon pollock says in one of his lectures that india didn't have any unified domain that could be applied towards art so Sheldon Pollock in one of his lectures says India didn't have India didn't have any unified domain that could be applied to art. So for a lay person who hasn't read Natya Shastra, how would we how would we counter that? Only Natya Shastra does not unify us. We have hundreds of other texts which would talk about the unity in our diversity. You know the this entire country there are 1600 languages. How do people understand each other? It's not because of Natya Shastra. 
So Nati Shastra is one aspect of a millions of treatises that we have. And Sheldon Pollock, that is what I said. You know, when you when you look at one text and try to understand the text from the only the text that you read and the uh, you know wrong translation that he has gone through, for example, I'm sorry to say that he he, he tried to read Ekistamurthi's uh, Dhanyaloka and other things. Ekistamurthi himself accepted there are some mistakes in what he wrote, and this man very faithfully taken those mistakes into his book. So so these things you know these, these are. These are different kinds of perspectives. And the perspective is that he wants to measure the entire uh, country only from the point of view of Bharata's Natashastra. That is very myopic. That's why what I said in the very beginning is their mis misunderstanding, mis misinterpretation, myopic attitude towards the entire... You know, there are galaxy of writers. You take about... You talk Dattilam, you, you take uh, Brahaddehi, you take Sangeeta Ratnakara, you take... so. Someshara, you take uh, uh, Kalhana, you have, you have hundreds of people. Try to read all of them and you make a statement about the entire country. You cannot make a sweeping statement about the country and its population and unifying force by reading one book of a one translation from a one person with a one attitude. Thank you. Thank you. To help me, you can do two things. You can go to the subscribe button on my YouTube and subscribe. We need more subscribers there. Uh, secondly, I get lots of emails on people saying, how do we donate? How can we help you? Uh, you go to rajivmalhotra.com or you go to infinityfoundation.com and you can hit the donate button. You can donate in dollars. There are different ways mentioned. If you want to donate in rupees, there is a column called uh, Infinity Foundation India and you click that and there are instructions on how you can donate in India.